Welcome to Continued Conversations, where we explore hot topics in rehabilitation, the keys to personal growth, and how to apply it all to the real world. Hey, welcome back to the conversation. This is Brad Dexter, and I have Claire Thielen in studio with me as well. And we're welcoming our guest, Ed Armstrong, today. Ed, how's it going? It's going good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So before we jump into who in the world Ed is and what he does at QLI, I uh, just have a quick question for you guys to get us going. Uh, can you talk about maybe the biggest adventure you've been on in your life so far? Oh, gosh. It must, it must be the... I did a bike ride um, when I was in my early 20s and flew over to New Zealand and um, cycled the full length of the country all the way from the top of the North Island down, took a ferry across to the South Island and then um, bike rode all the way down. And it took about three months. So ride, cycling about 50 miles a day and, um, and then camping. Um, and we didn't take the most direct route. So we're just kind of navigating around and just exploring the country. So that was quite, quite the adventure. I feel like I need to pick your brain more and, and put all of that on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go to New Zealand someday and doing it in that way would be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was an incredible experience. The scenery is amazing. And there's, there's not as many people there. Yeah. Um, there was one time I, I decided I was just going to have lunch um, and just got off my bike in the middle of the road, had my lunch finished, carrying on riding, didn't see a, didn't see a car the whole time. Just, it was our you know, the road was, was mine. Were you on your own or with other people? Um, I was with a friend at the time. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Claire, what about you? Um, it's an easy answer because I think I only have one. Um, but when this was probably my early twenties as well, I did like a six day long camping excursion from, um, Utah to Colorado. And so we did this, like we'd raft and then we'd camp and we'd like pack up all our gear and put it in the rafts and then we'd have to hike with it and it was really fun and I would do it again but have not had the chance. Sadly, I don't think my adventure is nearly as big or cool as either <laughs> of yours but um, I was at Glacier National Park. This is probably 15, 16 years ago now with a friend and we just probably four or five days we, we camped and hiked. We did a I think it was like a 25 mile through hike one day, which was just a blast. Um, but I would love, I'd love to do something longer, like a longer excursion of some kind. Um, I've done some back, like four day backpacking trips in, in different spots, which is, which have also been fun, but um, nothing with the same kind of scenery that Glacier had. Mm. It's just amazing. So, all right, with that, um, Ed, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How long have you been at QLI? What's your role as a team member here? And, and uh, then we'll kind of dive into what that looks like on a regular basis. Sure. Um, well, like uh, Brad said, my name's Ed and uh, originally from England. Um, I used to be a personal trainer back in England and moved here in 2005. Um, worked at QLI for God, it must be 17 years now. Um, and um, I work in within the adaptive sports um, area, which is part of our Life Path Services department at QLI. How would you describe Life Path Services? Um, so Life Path is um, helping people um, re return to um, you know their environment, their their world, their lives, um, returning to family, um, important roles that they have in life. Um, so it's really the understanding that we're all on a path through life. That's you know where the Life Path Services part comes from. 
and then something happens in accident or an injury was unexpected and um, people's life path changes and um, we're, we're here to walk that path with them um, and help them find find that new normal that new life um, where they can access all of the important aspects of life the things that make them themselves again and make them that make them whole um, it might look a little bit different it might there might be some changes and some adjustments um, but we want that uh, good good sense of well-being um, going forward as they as they return back to back home that's awesome and when you say so adaptive sports is kind of part of our life path services program um, I think that's a really cool way to say it but I think the unique thing about you is you've really had a passion for incorporating adaptive sports and recreation back into uh, people's lives why mm -hmm. like why are you so passionate about that where, where did that come from um, I think it must come partly from my own interests um, you know it's part of it's always been part of my life is to um, to do these things um, and um, even though I don't have the same magnitude of adventures that I had in my 20s um, all of the things that I'm doing now are with my kids you know um, last last week um, one of my daughters we we're working on riding the whole of the Wabash Trace Trail um, so we did another section checked out the campsite because um, that's a camping trip that that Charlotte and I are going to do um, and then the following day we went out and we kayaked a, a section of the Salt Creek down to the Platte River and um, you know, still having adventures, but um, it's with my girls now. Yeah, that's awesome. So, like the the passion is something that started out just in your life. It's spilled over into your work, and it's spilling over into your family. Yeah, as well, right? Um, so, when I think of adaptive sports at QLI, um, while there's many people involved, it's really kind of synonymous with Ed Armstrong in a lot of ways in my mind. And I'm I'm a few years behind you here but i remember when um maybe the the few bikes that we had were stored in just like a little closet right and that's yeah. and that's you know that's kind of what we had and um i think your passion doesn't just spill over in your ideas but um also like in in your grittiness to like get in and figure things out mechanically and and to collaborate with lots of other people around qli to to make things happen like why why have you taken it that far um, i think we've got a tremendous opportunity here at qli to to have ideas and we can take those ideas directly to the top and um you know we have we have that freedom um we don't have that hierarchical system where where we can't have ideas and, and chase them so i think that the environment here at qli has allowed the program to grow um, we also have a very flat system so um, you know I'm standing on the shoulders of, of all of the therapists here and, and all of the amazing fundraising that happens here so one person can't do it it's it's just being part of a team and a team that allows allows innovation and change absolutely so can you talk talk to us a little bit about um, how the adaptive sports program has grown mm -hmm. uh, because of everything that you just said. I mean, it's it's grown from maybe some yard games and and bicycles to what it is now. Can you talk about that for us? Yeah, um, you know, I think the approach that we take when we're making decisions at QLI, we, we like to work backwards and we like to ask ourselves, why are we doing that? Um, and one of the first things as we were developing our adaptive sports program, 
we had to consider was how is this going to be truly entrenched into our clinical model and how does how is it going to be part of life path services um, so the first question that we always ask ourselves is is how is this activity um, what does it relate to in a person's life that's truly important to them um, we want to keep asking questions why you know for instance if you were to find out that i went on a kayak trip last week you say well who did you go with? Why, would, why was that important? And what we want to get to is a fundamental. And, and for me, that would be something that I'm doing to spend time with my family. So it comes down to relationships. Um, and for other people, um, it might be accomplishment. There might be purpose there. Um, but we want to get to the very, very center um, of the reason why this is important to them. Um, and once we've got that established, um, then we, we know what our destination is and then we can put the pieces together to try to put that important element of a person's life back into place. You uh, are encountering individuals that come to QLI. How do you, how do you go about like, figuring out what they enjoyed doing and then um, even introducing them to potentially new ways of doing that activity? You betcha. Um, so when our clients come in to QLI, um, there's a life path services assessment. And um, a lot of these questions about what's important in their life will be asked at that point. Um, and then typically I'll get a, a message like, hey, I've got someone who's, um, who's going to be a really good fit for adaptive sports. Um, sometimes they'll find me um, at the weekend. Um, sometimes people don't present with an interest, but they they're here for a few weeks and they're like, hey, you know, I want to give that a, give that a try. Yeah, I guess maybe dig on, on that a little bit more. So when you encounter people who maybe they just don't want anything to do with that former hobby or maybe it's just, it's really emotional for them. How do you approach mm -hmm. those situations? Um, you know, really the, the it's, it's, a, it's a complex and, and a del delicate issue um, and certainly what we don't want to do is we, we don't want to push. Um, and um, because this is an adjustment um, thing that's happening here. And, um, you know, sometimes people just need space and they need time. Um, we've certainly had some folks who, you know, I take, take golf, for example. Golf is um, something that a lot of people um, take a lot of pride in their ability and, and their skill level. And they, they get that sense of accomplishment for, for their performance. And um, sometimes golf is one of the most challenging things to adapt and can look very, very different. Um, so sometimes we'll have folks that are like, you know, I, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, that's, that's not, uh, it's not the same. It doesn't feel the same. It's more frustrating than fun at this stage. Um, and, um, you know, our first job is to respect that um, and not to, not to pursue it um, because it's, it's, their, it's their decision and, you know, we can always um, say, hey, you know, I understand um, how you feel and I, I, I feel like many people would feel the same way as, as you do. Um, let, let me know if, if you want to, to try it ever in the future, but I respect what you're saying with that. Um, sometimes another activity that they've never tried before is, is a good option. Um, we've got a staff member, Jack, who runs an archery program here, and we've had a lot of competitive um, sports people, golfers included, who never, never shot a bow, a bow and arrow before, um, but then have started to learn how to do archery. And then every time they do it, they get better and better and better, and they don't compare themselves to to their performance before. So sometimes 
a, a complete sidestep is, is the way that people go. Hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of coming back to how, how you've kind of built the adaptive sports program with, with lots of help around here. Um, and uh, I remember years ago, John Pearson, our director of creativity, um, it may have come from a book that I can't reference, so I'm just going to reference John instead. Um, but he uh, had this quote of, um, instead of saying, I can't because, dot, 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 well, maybe replace that with, I could if, dot, dot, dot. And I, I think that, I mean, I've used that a lot with mm -hmm. um, uh, individuals that I've served as a, as a PT, but I think that really, like, encapsulates what you're doing from an adaptive sports standpoint too, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of looking at uh, an area of recreation or a hobby that someone did previous, a passion they had previously, and you know, maybe instead of looking at that as, well, I can't do that anymore because of whatever injury it is. Mm -hmm. Like I could do that if, you know, fill in the blank. And right. Ed, you've helped so many people over the years um, with, learning how to get back on a cycle or mm -hmm. impacting the community with uh, working alongside the parks department to, to help get accessible docks and equipment put in so that people can access local lakes, right? Or mm -hmm. playgrounds. Um, uh, can, you, can you talk a little more just about the specifics of how you've built out, like adding in jet skiing, boating, like what, what are the things that people can access or that you're teaching them to do when they come to QLI? Right. Uh, yeah, jet skiing is a good example. That's that's the activity that we're doing right now. Um, we went out last last Thursday, and I think next Thursday we're going to most likely head back out jet skiing. Um, and some of the favorite people that I take are the folks that that I know have jet skis at home and would like to be able to get back to to that activity. And um, you know, we have some techniques and, and methods to. Um, to transfer from a wheelchair onto a jet ski, um, some reasonably simple me methods um, with a box and, and, and a large, large slide board in effect um, that allow people to to get across there, and some different techniques to to secure those jet skis so they're not quite as tippy. And um, we had some other folks that went out um, who were kind of making notes because that's something that they they would like to get back to um, with their own jet skis. Um, so sometimes it's it's uh, yeah once we've determined you know why it's important and they want to get back to it now now it's down to the nitty gritty and you know how can we make this safe and effective and what what are your contingency plans um, you know if you fall off the jet ski you know do you have a plan to get back on or if you can't get back on what's your plan to get back to the shore um, that kind of thing so lots of lots of uh, kind of contingencies that we have to think about. It's awesome. Um, I'm kind of curious, this is maybe, you know, search the depths of your mind for a story here, but have you had any um, people you've worked with who have kind of challenged you in a way that, you know, makes you add something else or, or learn a new skill or technique to help them in an area of recreation, hobby, passion? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I think that's, that's probably how our program has, has grown um, over the years is that we'll have someone who will come to us and they'll have an interest or an activity that they say, hey, you know, I've really got to get back to this. And we've never tried it before. Um, so I think probably the, the one that's, that's freshest is, is uh, adaptive skiing. We've, we've never done adaptive skiing here. We've got a really great um, ski area um, in Iowa called Mount Crescent. 
Um, and um, we had an individual who very, very passionate about skiing and, and managed to um, procure us a couple of adaptive sit skis. Um, so that is a program that was kickstarted by his passion and his interest. And he really pushed us to think about this and think about what's possible. Um, so this coming winter, that will be one of our projects is to try to figure out how to gain the relationships out at Mount Crescent, um, talk to a few folks out there and um, just really start to learn about how to do this. That's awesome. Is there anything else kind of exciting or new uh, in the works that, that you guys are developing? Uh, I think our sailing program is still in its early stages and um, we've got a really great relationship with um, the sailing association out at um, Lake Manoa. Um, we recently got a, um, a mechanical hoist that's going to allow us to get sailors into the sailboat. We have an adaptive sailboat out there. Um, so that's, that's a program I'm excited about. There's a wonderful community out there at the sailing club. Um, and if we can you know, help people get back to, to that interest and if they can become part of that sail, sailing club um, as well, then they get, they get all, of, all of the benefits socially as well. So I've, I've heard, um, as you've been talking through some of that, like uh, before you start to engage in a new activity, there's obviously like relationships, there's mm -hmm. maybe a location, there's equipment that all need to kind of be procured or uh, developed, right? Yep. Um, but how do you start to think about like what could potentially happen or what could go wrong, mm -hmm. right, in the midst of this? How, how, how do you like think through some of those things ahead of time? Yeah, you know, I think a lot. We we make a lot of uh, a lot of lists of things that we need to take. Um, we also kind of run through different scenarios. Um, so we think to ourselves like, well, this has never happened before, but let's have a think about what our response would be if this were to happen. What what would be our our plan going forward? Um, so kind of a lot of scenarios, um, a lot of lot of training that we do. We'll go out and we'll say, okay, so let's say someone does fall off the jet ski let's let's work through what do we do immediately at that stage and then how do we get them back to the shore how do we get them up from the the boat dock um kind of what what all of our plans are um these things rarely happen but we we want to be prepared for that and to practice those things so all of the stuff that we have is really cool and and unique and it's a fun time to kind of have a playground and explore with people how they might do things in a mm -hmm. different way right but what from your experience, what does it look like to actually take those activities and transition them back into life when people leave QLI? Is that is that easy? Is the transition pretty difficult? Like what, and what support are we able to provide? Mm -hmm. You know, I think in terms of transitioning the sports, the thing that I've been most surprised about is the bike riding. We've had a lot of people who have really, really enjoyed the adaptive cycling and found a way to purchase the bikes going forward. I kind of feel like I need to be getting a bit of a bit of money back from Teratrike for, <laughs> <laughs> for all of the bikes that, that we've helped sell over we'll, the We'll have the to country. send this to Teratrike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've generally, um, you know, I'll call out to the bike stores that are closest to their home that I know are a Teratrike dealer, and I'll say, hey, we've got someone who's coming back. Um, these are, this is all of, this is all of the equipment that they would like. Um, here's their email address. Can you, can you send them an, a quote estimate? Um, and that, that's one of the steps that we'll take. Um, and, um, and then in their own time, they can kind of head in there and then they, then they know they, they've got what they need when they go and buy that. Um, a lot of the time people are, 
finding the funds to buy these themselves. Uh, we have had some people who have um, applied for grants, um, you know, the Christopher Reeve Foundation, um, Kelly Bush Foundation's another good one. Um, so we've had some people that, you know, have said, okay, I can't afford to buy it outright, but maybe I'll, I'll apply for this grant and see if I can get it in the next grant cycle. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, there's, there's a number of other things that I've seen you do, whether it's been rock climbing, um, go-karting, uh, the, even some of the, the boat adaptations that you've, we have a pontoon boat that has adaptations mm -hmm. to it. Have you seen people be able to carry those types of things back into their own lives outside of rehab? Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, yeah the, the pontoon boats, I think that's, that's something we've, we've helped people, um, you know, work out how can they adapt their pontoon boat um, and where they can get a, um, a ramp. And we have a, a, a ramp that actually um, comes from the side of the pontoon boat. And when you raise it a little, somewhat like a drawbridge, then it becomes the side gate. Um, and that's actually um, reasonably inexpensive and, um, you know, can be fabricated. Um, you know, anyone who's, who's pretty handy can through, through, through drill that to the bottom of the pontoon boat. Um, and then um, a pontoon is, is pretty innately adaptable for a wheelchair user. So we've had some folks that have taken a look at our pontoon boat and taken some notes and gone back to their own. That's fantastic. And are there like, do most um, dealers know how to to change boats like that? Or like, how easy is it to get that done? We had ours um, modified at Omaha Marine um, here in Omaha. And that was a reasonably simple um, experience for them. Um, they did widen the gate for us, which is a little bit more of a challenge, but actually installing the ramp, I think it's, I think it's something that um, is supposed to be able to be done by, by the purchaser. Um, we decided to go, go with a company just to make sure it was done correctly. Okay. And I think maybe just uh, to point this out to you, I think one of the coolest little innovations I've seen that you guys have been using in the last couple of years is the swingless golf club mm -hmm. that you have, right? Can you kind of just describe how that works? Because there are a lot of people that love golfing and, and don't realize that that is an option for them. Yeah. Um, so um, Jack is actually um, the employee here that spearheaded um, getting the um, swingless golf club. And it is a golf club that has a kind of a button at the at the top of it, almost like a trigger. And when you when you press that um, and you hold the golf club straight down next to the ball, and then there's a kind of an actuator pin that pops out, um, and it comes out a couple of inches, um, and then you then it slides back in, and that comes out very very fast, um, and it's able to blast a golf ball up to 200 yards, um, and you can change the lofting um, of the golf club head so that it, it can almost be like every single golf club in your bag um, in one. So you can really make that into a pitching wedge or you can make it into a driver. Pretty much everything except for the putter. That's right. right. <laughs> um, okay, so maybe one last question for you. Um, you know, if, if there are individuals listening to this uh, or family members uh, who have a loved one that has had an injury, changes the way they're able to do things, um, what, what are maybe a, a few resources or, or maybe um, just advice that you would give to, to them to take the next steps to move back toward an old passion or potentially a new passion 
that they might be able to develop for recreation? Yeah, you know, I think um, I think it's really, really important um, after something like this has happened to try to get that really, really healthy social um, outlet. Um, and um, even folks that haven't been involved with um, sports or recreation before, um, sometimes it's it's more important after an injury um, to try to surround yourself um, by people who understand and who can give you support um, and also to do something um, active, some exercise, just to try to build build your mood back up. Um, so I think that that's something that's that's particularly um, important after a change like this. Um, in terms of resources of finding teams, um, you know, here in the Omaha area, we've got some amazing resources. Um, Allegiant Health, um, which is up here um, close to QLI. CHI. CHI. They offer some uh, amazing programs. Um, We've been heading out to um, check out their wheelchair tennis. Um, We've been out to wheelchair softball, which is out at Seymour Smith Park. And um, Omaha is very blessed to have those communities. And we've got some, there's some staff members over at CHI Health that have done an amazing job um, putting these together for the community. And um, particularly out at the softball, just seeing that community of individuals um, with disabilities who um, are just there supporting each other. They've got the rock music blasting. They've got the sun on their shoulders. And you can tell that this, this is an uplifting experience and it looks like something that they look forward to all week. And it's something that's going to, to be helpful in their lives. Um, I think finding those opportunities in your own towns, um, I think Google is an amazing um, tool. And I think if you were to just do a Google search there, um, depending on where, where you are, I think you'll be able to find some, find some resources. All right, Ed, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you joining the conversation. And uh, man, keep doing the good work you're doing too. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining the conversation with us today. If you found it helpful, please share with your family and friends. You can learn more about us on our website at continuetelerehab.com or check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook.